Paradise Audio. All right, we're doing it. Live from Studio 4B. Broadcasting live from downtown Rapid City. On Historic West Boulevard. (laughs) I'm sitting in one of our new radio studios tonight and it's pretty badass. Okay, my voice is shredded. So we're going to go as... It's been a bit. We're going to go as long as I can, okay? Um, where do you want to start, everybody? Jesus. I mean, this is everywhere you turn to on the internet. It's Afghanistan. I, here's, I feel like there's some even Stevens territory I need to lay out here. If you've been listening to this show, there's a lot of even Stevens. Like, Jesus Christ, you people. You can't, if like somebody got a hangnail, you start going impeach Biden. Like, I'm with you. This looks like an absolute disaster shit show. But it's not like it didn't look like a disaster shit show in 2017 and 2012 and 2008. So why don't we all just keep our fucking guns in our holsters? Like, you just don't understand this gen... Like, you in order to have an even remote, credible opinion on Afghanistan, you must at least, at the very least... Listen to a podcast like this. Is it the first season of Serial or the second season of Serial where they talk about Bo Bergdahl and it's like 16 episodes and six of them are the nuances of the history of fucking Afghanistan. Like the dudes, this ISIS-K who bombed the airport, that's not the Taliban. They can't stand each other like because the Taliban is is too fucking moderate for ISIS-K. It, like there, it's not like everybody over there wearing clothes you'd understand and sandals with an AK-47 is exactly on your side or off your side. They're all against us, certainly. But I just, it's, it's a mess. But you're not helping. Like, what are you accomplishing with your angry thoughts in Afghanistan? You look like a fucking idiot. Oh, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do a we'll we'll do a little news. And then we'll we'll come back to some ding-dong stuff that I've just been thinking about because I haven't seen you guys for a while. Oh, I miss you guys. Man, it's just, I um, sometimes you don't have a lot to say. But I'm fired the fuck up today. I got a tattoo. I haven't got a tattoo in, in years. And I've always, listen to this silly nonsense. I've always, it's always been my like goal, like prize, like, Hey, if you ever get down to 225 pounds, you can get a tattoo again. And like, this is how lazy I would be. I would get to two, almost 30 and be like, eh, close enough. I don't want a tattoo. And that wasn't the goal this time around either, but I've just, you know, working on yourself. We're all working on ourselves in 2021. We spent 2020 freaking out about bullshit. 2021. We're all just you know, doing our best, but you actually got to put the work in. So you do, and you lose all this weight and you feel pretty good about yourself. And I stepped on the scale and I was 220. I'm like, shit, I should get that. I'm f- I should make that tattoo appointment. So today I made it and I'm not going to talk about it because there's nothing douchier than someone explaining their tattoos, certainly on a podcast. But I will say I found an artist that I really like, um, Annie at Pinup. Pinup parlor tattoo. That's not, by the way, some plug. I paid, like, this is, I'm just, I'm on a good vibe. I had a good day. I got a tattoo. I'm in a good funk. 
feeling the funk, not in a funk. So let's, you know, record something. I had to tap out of my tattoo. I had to be, I was, a. I, it's on the inside of my arm. And I, and like, I, I have sat six, seven hours or more before, but I, but this is on the inside of my arm and I'm not afraid to say it. I had to be a pussy about it. I had to tap out after about four hours. Also, it, it, it begs the question, are you, am I allowed to say that still? I feel like I am. I feel like if you're being a pussy, you can be a pussy. I don't think you should use it in a toxic way. I think in, quite, in fact, the opposite, it's okay to be a pussy about it. It wasn't a fun experience anymore. Why am I signed to sit here as long as I can to prove something to who, who gives a shit, be a pussy. Sometimes it's the good thing to do, but I'm, but it's one of those words as a 40 year old straight white man, I got to check in with myself a little bit and not because I'm woke just because why don't I try being polite? You've tried being assholes, cunts to each other for a while. That's not working out. So how about you politely ask, Hey, what would you like to be called? Or, Hey, how about you don't use that word? That doesn't seem like that big of a stretch. Anyways, I still feel like, as I said, all that woke bullshit, I'm allowed to say the word pussy in the right context. And I honestly trust myself to use it. But if I misuse it, you can correct me and I can hear it. Although that's not how it works anymore. Podcast language generates angry complaints. Who gives a fuck? Don't listen. Uh, anyways, I got a tattoo. I don't know why I did a whole thing there. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Remember? Okay. Let's start here. It's been a while since we talked. So G Gordon Liddy has passed. I can't remember if we talked about the stacked and pat girls, but so if you don't remember G Gordon Liddy, <laughs> so like you got to search the history of Nixon. If you want to know who G Gordon Liddy is. But G. Gordon Liddy was a, a lawyer and he was, uh, I think he was also like an FBI agent. I never knew him as any of that stuff. He was in the middle of the Watergate scandals and he had to fucking go to jail because he was the one that had to, you know, he had to jump on the grenade of the Watergate scandal, right? So none of that matters for this story except for how I remember G. Gordon Liddy in the uh, be the early to mid, maybe 2000s, maybe a little later. So during that time, I was uh, a, a a radio host. I was doing a couple of things. I was trying to be like this one-man marketing agency dude, at which, you know, I was trying. Whatever. You don't know what you don't know when you're a stupid kid. But I was also on air because I had to pay bills and feed kids and shit. And so we would, during the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally... G. Gordon Liddy, who was this lawyer and talk show host and dude who went to prison. And then he started this radio show. And like at the time in the mid to mid 2000s, there was fucking Rush Limbaugh. And then there was everybody trying to be fucking crazier than Rush Limbaugh. And let me tell you, that's exactly where G. Gordon Liddy snuck right in. He was bald with this giant Tom Selleck mustache that looked like there's a full born beaver pelt on his face <laughs> and like it was and this really bad it sounds like this he's always really excited it's the g-man that's what i always remember anyways he would like he was pretty nuts and he <laughs> and he would come out to the rally and he would sell these calendars because he was super into broads and guns you know just the whole fucking shtick man and like 
he would bring out these way too fucking old to be bikini model bikini models and no judgment whatever man like i'm sure that's a harder gig when you get past 38 i bet it's even harder gig when there's 52 and some of them might have been 60 in that this this group but like they come out <laughs> they come out in bikinis and they'd all be holding machine guns and ak-47s and grenades and they'd have like ammo belts on them like rambo and shit and they were they, it was the stacked and packed girls calendar and part of our job was to do like live radio remotes with g with the g-man where people where bikers could meet the stacked and packed girls that was a thing i did for a living like arrange interviews for crazy mustachioed alt-right before it was alt-right crazy radio hosts and their gaggle of almost senior citizen gun-toting bikini models you're on the air here you go that was a thing mm -hmm. there's a reason i'm bringing this up <clears throat> excuse me i have to have some of the tea of the evening by the way the tea of the evening is straight throat coat tea given the sound of my voice which i'm going to roughly give another maybe 30 minutes before it just gives out we're going to do the best we can okay back g gordon liddy we're out, so I'm on the hunt for something. One year, the 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 the, the Liddy team, the G Man and friends, made a DVD video called "Stacked and Packed Girls: The Video." Real on the nose. I, I'm here. I'm putting out a call. Book of Murdochers. Ooh, we need a better name. That name sucks. We need we we need. I need the, I need a copy of that goddamn video. I need it. I require it. I want to play audio from it back to you fine people. I think we'll have just a just, I think we'll giggle our tits off as they say if you if somebody can help me find this video. There's a signed eBay copy for like 100 something bucks, but I'm not I'm this guy was out here. It's I want, this is a treasure hunt. I'm on a treasure hunt right now. Friend of mine and I are going to find this video. One of you knows where a copy of this is. You might not even be locally here in Western South Dakota in the beautiful Black Hills where this podcast is created from. I'm saying you might be hearing this in New York. You might be hearing this in India. You might be hearing this. I looked at my stats and for some reason there's some people in some of the stands. Certainly not Afghanistan, but maybe one of the nicer stands that are listening to this. I mean, more than likely, that's some bot traffic. But if it's not, and one of you stands or listening to this son of a bitch, hey, if you know where a copy of G. Gordon Liddy's Stacked and Packed Girls, the video, I'd like a copy. Someone help me. I'm on a dead end. I talked to the dude who brought him out. And, like, I talked to a couple of other people who are involved in this situation. I talked to my fine friends, Kevin Morgan and Jim Callis over at Riverfront Broadcasting, who I spent a decade with being on air with, and they didn't have it either. I'm killing myself for not keeping a copy. What, what, what on earth was I thinking not keeping a legitimate copy? At, at the time, I was young, and I was dumb, and I was just so annoyed that G. Gordon, this, this goober, he went to jail for not ratting out whoever, however, I don't really know a lot about the Watergate scandal, but like he is the one who goes to jail. And then he's the one that like, 
we're doing the actual interesting shit here. He just has a mustache and he talks loud and he's a little weird. But I get it. Like, at, you know, now that I am older with age, I realize G. Gordon Liddy has an interesting life and a fascinating deal. And it's like, read him on Wikipedia. The guy's life ain't boring. Ooh, I need to drink a lot of sips of water here. Sorry. You're just going to hear me drinking a lot in this episode. Not alcohol, though. I'm holding in with my don't drink a bunch, just have a couple at most a day. The rally and the and we had a lot of rodeos and stuff right afterwards and a few more country concerts that I've attended. Basically, I'm saying out loud, I've been to a lot of super spreader events lately. But, like, that's why you get the shot. Also, I don't have, by the way, this that my voice is shot like this because I actually, I, like, I completely forgot what it's like to have a, a head cold. That's what I have. I have a head cold. I'm just getting over a cold. I'm no, that my, my shitty voice is the last of my symptoms. But, like, you got to go get the COVID test and stuff, right? And you're like, oh, my God, I'm 10 days and holy shit, and I can't work from home. And blah. It turns out, remember, it's not that insane to just, like, let's just take a look at the last 30 days. It's been the Surge Motorcycle Rally, which is hundreds of thousands of people showed up, which is, it's not like I work my ass off, but, you know, it's pretty, it's a lot. And then I'm, I recently moved properties and didn't plan at all, really. And then, you know, I've got teenagers, so, like, they're going through their own, they're finding out their own way to be men, and that's not always helpful to their father's move. And, and then right after that, Let's do four rodeos and a couple of country concerts and a big regional fair. So I've just been running hard. And, like, it turns out it's okay just to get a head cold. Ooh, you know where I was screwed up, though? I tried, after I knew it wasn't COVID, I still tried to come in, and that's fucking stupid. People got to quit doing that. That's not proven shit. All you're going to do is make other, like, if you give four other people a head cold, that's not helpful to the cause. That's such a silly thing that we have to beat out of our system as Americans. This idiotic show up until you're dead and it doesn't matter if you're sick and just take some Dayquil and don't be a pussy and blah, blah, blah. That's wrong. That's stupid. By the way, good luck ever hiring somebody under the age of 30 with that philosophy. You'll never speak to them. And you can get as mad as fuck as you want about that, but it's not like you can trade that audience out for a bunch of Chinese ones. You are stuck with the lazy, spoiled Americans that you raised. Rather than complain about them, why don't you meet them in the middle and fix it a little bit? Boom. Um... Hey, man, you know what people aren't talking about enough? I saw this in the Associated Press, and it just warmed my goddamn heart. You know what held up in the hurricane that just hit? I don't I don't keep track of the names anymore. It just hit uh, New Orleans or Louisiana or wherever it hit. Like, the levees held. I don't know a ton about this, and I'm not trying to – I could be wrong about a little bit of it, but I read an Associated Press story that says they spent – I mean, they spent billions on this thing. And everyone wants to bitch about the government, right? Like the government's the worst and everybody's the devil and blah, blah, blah. And, and I want small government. I'm as small government as it gets. Enough to get the water out of the pipe. That's all we need. But this thing worked and it held back major flooding. How about we all take a minute and re like remember Hurricane Katrina? This is awful. But you know what I remember most about Hurricane Katrina Remember when I think they were doing some sort of Katrina benefit on like MTV or something. I don't remember what they were running it on, but it was 
uh, Kanye West and Mike Myers. And like Mike Myers is in the middle of just the mega Shrek press-a-thon or Austin Powers or whatever movie he's pushing. And they're go- talking about Katrina and here's everybody's going to help. And Kanye West gets up there and says right on the live microphone, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And it, like, watch, go watch this on YouTube right now. Pause this show, go watch this at YouTube, and then come back. Ready? Three, two, one. The part that is the best to that is Mike Myers. Mike Myers' face, as Kanye West is saying, George Bush doesn't care about black people, whatever he said. It's the mo- it's the funniest. <sighs> like, I'm not taking a position one way or the other. I was a moron when I was in my younger 20s and I said stupid things like George Bush is a war criminal and I couldn't have been more fucking stupid and wrong. So like I'm not taking a position on George Bush one way or the other. I've actually learned to have a deep respect for the Bush family for all the sacrifice and like they've given a lot to this country and you can hate me for that, whatever. I'm not saying everybody's been my favorite and I'm not saying I loved every inch of it, but like (laughs) that statement doesn't age well necessarily. And also... Mike Myers' face is just, if I had to define my sense of humor, I would answer it with Mike Myers' face the second Kanye goes off script as hard as he did. It's just, holy shit funny. Hmm? <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I want to, I, last episode, we introduced some of my, my wild, my outlaw family. And, um, part of that was my uncle Randy, who I want to make a celebrity out of this podcast. Cause he's just the best fucking dude. So he grew he's real. So like, listen to, if you want to learn about uncle Randy, listen to the last episode and then fast forward it back to here. Here's another uncle Randy story. One time, Uncle Randy, now, as I was, I was getting told this story this summer while we were fishing, so I might misremember some of it, but I'm pretty sure I'm spot on the nose here. They were down in Yankton, South Dakota at a bar of some sort. Um, And, and there was there and now, and it didn't get, it fessed out that maybe Randy didn't start the fight, but there wasn't concrete evidence that he didn't, but he certainly ended up in the middle of it. And he got, and so like there, a big bar fight breaks out. This is, I'll guess this is late seventies, maybe early seventies. No idea. Seventies sometime early eighties. No, it doesn't matter. So he's, so he's stuck in like the entrance way. You know, some businesses have an entrance way. There's a door and then there's a thing and then there's a door and then you're in the business. So he's like stuck in the entrance way and he gets trampled. And now people are kind of, now it's a scary thing. And that's terrifying to me. Like that is one of my most terrifying things I think can happen to you is getting trampled like that by a crowd of people. So he busts the fuck up out of his hip in a bunch of places. Like he's, he has to go to the hospital and like, not only does he have to get a full body cast, he's got to take an ass chewing from the nuns because it was, it was one of those hospitals. And like, you know, my, that entire side of the family grew up Catholic. They understand what a stern nunning will do to somebody. And so he's got to go through that. And then he's in this full, as he described it to me, he was in a full body cast, except for the front and the back holes where you would need front and back holes. And like full body cast mean you got to sit there. Like you can kind of, 
inch your way to a bathroom, but then you got to kind of inch your way back. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like cast now, you, it's made to where it's a little easier to do all this stuff. You're just, your entire ass body is in a plaster cast and sit there, stupid. And you're supposed to sit there for weeks and weeks, 16 weeks, 12 weeks, I don't know. But this is how, and this is where, this is where you have to appreciate the level of toughness of my Uncle Randy. He made it two weeks, and then he started chipping his way out of the body cast, like, inch by inch. Like, he'd just take a screwdriver and, like, just chip away at it a little bit until he could start to move a little bit, which is certainly, I would imagine, against doctor's advice. And he made it a couple of weeks, and he, he chipped away enough of the body cast to limp his way to the car to drive to his buddy Greenhead. Yes, that's Greenhead's a person, and he's a very delightful person. But Randy, that's where Randy decided to drive so they could, you know, have some beers. And he said he had to, like, he couldn't get all the way out of the body cast to, like, sit up in the car. So he had to, like, lean with his left foot on the gas and the brake, but he had to keep his right the right side of his head on like the passenger side so we could lay sideways and kind of back in the car so we could drive over to Greenheads. Two weeks. I want you to imagine the following. Go to a concert venue, lay down in the front stage, and just let everybody trample you as the big encore's happening. And put your ass in a busted hip a couple of times in a body cast. And give yourself two weeks... And then take a flathead screwdriver and start chipping your way ass out. In my lifetime, it would take me all of the 12 weeks to do that. I don't even think this is like, I'm not saying it's as gangster as that dude who chopped off his arm at 127 hours, but like it's junior varsity level of that has to be up there. That's tough, man. It's insanely stupid, but it's very tough. Oh, yeah, I also promised I would tell. So Uncle Randy, this is okay, this is the last Uncle Randy story. Uncle Randy was told by the doctor he needed a CPAP machine. You know, cause get a little old, needs a CPAP machine. Body starts working as well. Uncle Randy don't want to hear that. He doesn't want to go through the deals because imagine the appointments and the insurance and the blah, blah, blah. And Uncle Randy's a resourceful person. So Uncle Randy decided to find a sketch Korean internet CPAP machine, which he orders... And it like comes to the house. And as I under, as as it was told to me, and I hope I'm remembering this right, and this is where you gotta give a guy like Uncle Randy a lot of credit. It didn't quite work, and so he's real mechanical. He's good with his hands, he's good with his mind, he can put that stuff together. Worked on trucks and it's just he's a genius that way. He kind of tinkered it and souped it up a little bit. Now he got his sketch Korean CPAP machine to work and that's just what he's doing and I and like I'm like how's it work pretty good how do you know I don't know seems to work pretty good hard to argue with that logic at least he's trying something years ago you would have told my great grandpa Arvel he needed a CPAP machine you're gonna look like a you're gonna shoot down you know MIGs for the rest of your life they'd never do it in a million years because pride's a bastard but you know buy your own Korean internet I would say this I by no means can make any actual medical recommendations on this podcast. So like, don't, you know, Dr. Uncle Randy MD is not the television show you should be following for your medical advice. 
I don't think you should be listening to the rest of the doctors either. But some of them at least went to some sort of medical school. Uncle Randy's doctor's office is a little bit more like, I don't know. Just go lay down. You're fine. Put some fucking ice on it. Have a drink. You'll be cool. Um, Football season's coming up. We missed the Olympics. I kind of wanted to talk about that. Like, you know what I really dug about the Olympics? I don't give a shit about I think it was stupid, by the way, that that kid couldn't compete because they popped hot for weed. Smoke all the weed you want if you want to. It's not. There's no version of that that is enhancing your performance. Remember when they gave Michael Phelps all that shit? In like three Olympics ago or wherever it was. That guy's won like 147 gold medals. Do you don't think his shoulder hurts a little bit? Jesus, get off it. Same with all of the rest of these people. I like, by the way, that the internet, at least my version of the internet, was very understanding and protective of that high school gymnast. I don't know if it's still high school. The young gymnast that like had a change of heart. I'm sorry. I don't know gymnasts. I don't remember her name. But like she had the widgets or whatever they call it and she couldn't do it. And like I'm really I thought it was not it was nice to see hope. If that would have happened in the past, they would have and I think in some versions of the internet, I'm sure they just ripped this kid to shreds. But I saw, at least in my version of the internet, a bunch of people who were like that was, it's got to be really hard. Like, every, why don't just everybody have an ounce of empathy? I thought that was so cool. That gives me hope that the internet isn't always going to be total fucking garbage. I mean, it's hard to hang on to that as we continue our topics here because they're also just out there fucking attacking journalists because they don't believe them and they think they're trying to take down the country. So it's not all good news. But it's, it was nice to see that. Also, you know what I liked about the Olympics? The shot put and the discus. When I was in high school, and like, so when you're in a little dummy farm town, like I grew up, not dummy, it was great. I loved it. But like, it was pretty, it was really small. When you grew up in that small of a town, you kind of just go out for all the sports or a bunch of the sports. And so like, I went out for track in the spring because, you know, your parents are on your ass and you got to do something and whatever. It's kind of social and the pretty girls are in track and whatever. It's cool. But, and all of that's fine, except for I was a big fat kid in high school for a lot. Like, I was a late bloomer and didn't get puberty until I was 23, or it seemed. And then, at, and then I was fat. So, like, I can't run. So, what they did in my, I would, I'm asking if they did this in your high school, too. But, like, I just don't remember who I was competing. I remember competing against a bunch of badasses most of the time because they were awesome and I was not. But I don't now I don't remember if they were also just the fat kids from their school. That could have very well been. But you can't, like, I was shaped like a pear. No one was going to need me as the anchor for the 4 by 100 That just wasn't in the cards. And, like, my older sister... It sounds like I'm getting some shit off my chest. I'm not. I'm really cool about all this. But my older sister was like a track stud. She's got records in our L sister school. She's she's a badass about it. She ran track in college and yeah, has records, placed like fourth or something in state. Once or twice maybe she placed in state. It's really and then there's me. So like she was this gangster athlete, and here I am, the fat kid who won't hit puberty, who thinks he's fucking hilarious. And what does that kid do at track practice? Well, you know, you, every, you start with the 800 meters to warm up, and that would nearly kill me. And then you'd stretch, and I would catch my breath. And then the coach would look at you in disgust and just be like, Ugh, go throw discus. 
and then you go throw discus. And sometimes a coach would come, but they don't really care about the fat kids, and they're not. They're just, they got a once in a while check in so they can be the coach. None of which I have a problem with. I wasn't essential to the war effort. You shouldn't have been spending 10 minutes with me. I wasn't going to be a discus thrower for in, in, on any professional level. But, like, you go to the track meets, and you do the fat kid events early, and then you'd be done at, like, you know, noon. And then you're just there until 8, so you eat a bunch of snacks and chips and stuff because you're not going to run the fucking 1,600 meter or whatever relay. And then the fat kid cycle just continues. It's a terrible circle. But the at an Olympic level, YouTube yourself some Olympic shot put. Watch these people throw that metal ball. It's fucking amazing. They spin like they're going to take off into the atmosphere but they're all brutes in the in the coolest way. It's impressive watching somebody of that size and that strength move that fast. I just got sucked into it. I can't tell you who won the gold medal. I didn't get that sucked into it. But it brought back some weird nostalgic memories, apparently. Speaking of nostalgic memories, you know what I did the other day? I went and bought... A box of frosted flakes. I want remember growing up and you're little and you're sitting around the table and you just had that 10 minutes of peace and quiet where you would read the back of the cereal box. You have read it a thousand times, but you want to see if anything's different. You read the ingredients, how many cups of sugar are in this fucking thing, which you don't care about at all, but like you might as well have the information. It's where you learned about the dangers of high fructose corn syrup and the and the benefits of the vitamins and the riboflavins. Am I saying that right? But mostly you would, you know, what the let's see what Tony the Tiger is up to. I want to see what's new with Tony the Tiger. So I buy the box. I don't even look at the back of the box. I'm just waiting until I can have that moment where I'm just sitting with this bowl of cereal and frosted flakes to feel that joy you felt as a kid. And then it turns out nowadays, at least in the one I saw, the back of the box is a QR code. Think about that. <laughs> like, it's not, oh, voice is starting to crack. It's not just fill out the, the maze and here's the jumble. Now you scan the thing. At first, I was really bummed about it. But then I kind of started to get into it, right? Like, what a land of new opportunities for the young minds. Like, now they can think about this universe on a lot of different levels. So, at first, I was really bummed out by it. Like, I think there's a... that's a, But it's just a different type of joy, I think, for those kids. Although, I will say this, and this is what we do for a living here at Home Slice Media Group, partially. Not in an evil way, by any means, but, like... Here's the one thing I think maybe something we should talk about or just keep an open mind about. When your kid snaps that QR code, they're tracking them and showing them advertising across the rest of their internet. That's a real fucking young age to put a low jack on your brain. And I say that as a man who does this for a living. So, like, careful. Not that, you know, I don't think the fine people at Kellogg's Frosted Flakes are going to sign your children up to get trafficked. That's not what I'm saying here. Don't take this to nuke levels. It's just, you know, uh, 
that's a that's a that's a young age to be tracking them. But let me be the devil's advocate. I was raised, raised on Looney Tunes and Animaniacs and DuckTales and all these Hanna-Barbera old cartoons. What do you think was running in the minutes in between those, you know, yucks? There's a reason I bought Frosted Flakes. Fucking Tony the Tiger told me they're great. It wasn't G. Gordon Liddy. Oh, shit. Let me bring back one, one, let me bring back one thing from the G-Man. My friend had the fucking best idea you can there's a podcast in this if anybody knows any of the stacked and packed girls there's a podcast that i put i claim dibs august 31st 2021 i get to do this show i'm gonna go to court with anybody who disagrees with me because i because this is this is we can do this it's stacked and repacked the story of the G Gordon Liddy girls. And it's not like an ongoing thing. It's just a series like serial. Like I want to know how as a 52 year old woman who still can rock a bikini, first off fucking good for you. That's badass. But, <laughs> but like what made you go? I'm going to get in a van. I'm going to drive to Sturgis. I'm going to put on this 1982 high cut, look at this side butt cheek bikini, and then I'm going to hold this desert eagle made by badass Hebrews. <laughs> Who And I'm going to just fucking walk around with it. I want to know those stories. I believe you would like to know those stories. Let's track down some stacked and packed girls and let's get stacked and repacked the podcast going. <laughs> and like, I'm not just in this to shit talk G Gordon Liddy. That's not my, I want, and I'm also not none of this. I mean, I'm making fun of these women a little bit, but like, look at your choices. I'm not the fucking only one. You didn't have an awkward Thanksgiving after all this happened. Get off my ass. Certainly, I can keep my guns in my holsters to talk about this with somebody. You know what I mean? I'm not just trying to make fun of these women. This is interesting to me. That's real life. For like years, this happened. There's a woman out there who's like grandma fucking Edna, who in like, whatever, 90 something was in the stacked and packed calendar girls. And now she's just in Texas, you know, raising little grandkids and blowing shit up on the weekends with Ted Nugent. I want to fucking talk to this woman. <laughs> All right. Um, let's. I mentioned this earlier. Let's just talk about it quick. So, like, this is a real thing. People are attacking journalists, like, like out on the street. Like, they see them be the author of some social media story, and they go up and like. Not even if you're attacking them, you just go up and you're like threateningly, or you're verbal, or you're even aggressive. Other than fucking hold your door and how are you today, you like. You could all go fuck yourselves. These people who are holding on to this insane notion that half of this country is trying to actively kill or ruin the other half, like. Even if you have the best intentions about it all, you 
you're the fucking problem. By the way, this is a two-way street. We can even Stevens this because there's a lot of people on the other side who are going as far as like, hey, the unvaccinated shouldn't get health care. Well, maybe you can feel that way because I get that you're aggravated. People aren't going to get the shot, but like you better not ever fucking eat a cookie or you better pipe down toots. Cause so like we can't not start treating people cause you don't agree with them. I don't agree with people who smoke 14 packs of cigarettes a day. I don't agree with people who drop black tar heroin. I don't agree with, I don't agree with a lot of shit Congress does, but that doesn't mean you can just execute the whole thing. You know what I mean? So why don't you calm down a little bit on both sides? First off, you can't attack journalists. This is like being mad that McDonald's is out of fries. And in order to get retribution and the fact that you're out of fries, you go and start shit with the potato farm and start burning shit down. What the fuck is wrong with you people? It's the, it's the thing that makes us the thing. A belief in the people, in the institutions that make America. It's fucking the journalisms, the fucking news departments, the people trying to find the truth, the people that are that invented the thing that held back the levy in the flood. It's not all private business. It's not all government. It's just like the thought, the amount, and like we're not talking about 7% of the country. Like, there's a percentage of the country. I don't know the number. I refuse to fucking look it up because it's more than seven people. But like they actively think that half, half of this entire country. There's in the uh, in the town I grew up in of sleepy little El sister, South Dakota. There's like 700 people there. There's a big section of this country that thinks 350 of those people are actively trying to ruin the other 350 people's kids and grandparents. Are you out of your fucking mind? Until we stop that nonsense, I don't know where else to go, really. It's just, and I know this is a broken record on this show, but like, fucking A, man, do something about it. And that doesn't mean be a cocksucker to the next guy. It means the opposite. And until you get that, you think you I'm agreeing with you, but you don't understand I'm disagreeing with you because your tactics are shitty. Anyways, football's starting. We can all come together. We can hate athletes together. Back like it used to be. Boo a rich millionaire, drop a football, and like your neighbor again. You're still being a dick, but at least you're a tolerable dick and you leave it to the Cleveland Browns. Bears are looking good, man. The, the Chicago Bears, I am a Chicago Bears fan. Our entire family is a Chicago sports fan. Cubs, Bears, Blackhawks. My brother's a Blackhawk crazy. We're all kind of Bears fans. I think I'm more of a Cubs fan. Maybe a few others. But, like, the Bears are the family team If, if for those people in the family that have a team. We're not crazy about it. We don't go to all the games and wear all the colors. But, like, you know, we're into it. This, I mean, we've been saying this for a lot of years. We've been kicking the football, and Lucy's been pulling it from our feet over and over. But we might finally – Holy shit, have a quarterback. I might be talking about football on this podcast again. I might finally stop looking into soccer as an alternative to entertain me. Although I don't think so. I really want to I want to take the I want to one day have the time because now I believe I might have the maturity to get into soccer. I feel like it could be a fascinating sport. Also, I'm trying to 
there's these things that you're raised with, like these dumb kid, like things you are that are ingrained in you as a kid, like soccer's for pussies. I don't think soccer's for pussies. You ever seen people play soccer? They're the healthiest people you've ever seen. They're so healthy. They're they're too healthy. They're constantly so healthy. They're getting hurt because their knees are like overworked. I've never, I don't have that problem. I have that problem when I'm fat because I ate too many pancakes over time. I don't have that problem because I ran 170 miles kicking a ball around a yard. I mean, I don't want to do it, but I wouldn't mind getting into it a little. Also, something to bet on. There's never a problem with adding something to gamble on a little bit. It makes it fun. <laughs> All right. What's left? I think I can do... Let's do a story from El Sister. Let's do one more. I'm going to do one more bitchy little thing, and then I'm going to be done with the nags. One People who leave one-star reviews probably beat their wives. And your one-star review is as equally said. Is, that's as equally true as what I just said. Oh, I fucked up the line. God damn it. That's equally as true as what I just said is my point. Like, I'm not going to go back and edit that. I'm too lazy tonight. So just deal with the flub. Whatever. They're not all Emmy winners, people. But my point to this is, what is that? Is your, if something before you get, I've noticed this too, right? That's a whole, maybe it's just, I'm noticing it more. And maybe it's, maybe it's not getting worse or maybe it is getting worse. I'm not sure. But like, you wouldn't believe how many people I see. Like I've been, since since I've been moving properties, I've been eating a lot of drive through food, which is terrible for you. But, you know, it's convenience of it all. And we're lazy Americans. And this is what happens. I'm sh- I am consistently shocked at the amount of instances of angry people at the drive through. I see like the people that get mad about where their place is in line about the double drive through, like who gets to go first. Like, that's not a weird territory grab. You're not playing risk. Like, just calm down. So one of you goes first. One of you goes second. You're all going to have your food in three fucking minutes. Why are you, why are you, why is, why, why the agitation? (laughs) Somebody, this happened to me. This actually happened to me yesterday. None of this is embellished. All of this is real. I was driving down the road and I was just listening to music and I was really just zoning out in it. And I was really just, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'll be honest. I wasn't paying attention to the road very well because I was sucked into the song I was listening to for a second. And when I kind of started paying attention, I, there is, <laughs> there was this car in front of me and bo- there were two people in it and they were both infuriated. Like they were giving me the bird and like giving me the shaky fist and like screaming at me. And then when we ended up on the same, like it was a two lanes and they're next, we're next to each other. And then they continued screaming at me. And then, so like when we pulled up next to each other and they're still mad, cause I gave the universal like, Hey man, my bad. I'm really sorry. Because I don't know, I for the love of God, I have no idea why they're mad. I, I have, I don't know if I, I'm sure I did something wrong. Certainly I wasn't, I just admitted I wasn't fully paying attention. So if I accidentally cut them off or whatever, like that's all, whatever, my bad. I'm a terrible driver if we're all going to be honest. Avis wouldn't rent me a car for years. I'll tell you that story sometime. For years, that's a real thing. Like I got a letter somewhere in my office from Avis is like, you can't rent cars from us anymore. Like, I think it said five years. I can't remember how many years it said, but like, that's a letter that got sent to me from Avis. So like, I get it. I can't, like, I'm not going to get on the Daytona 500, but once you give the universal apology sign, 
fucking cool it, partner. And once you pull up next to me and I've already given the universal apology side and that just made you more mad. And now you're like, they were pointing at me and screaming. They were so mad. Like spit was coming out of their mouths angry, which just made me really, really actual LOL laugh out loud, which turns out made them even more mad, (laughs) which I understand because I've been that level of mad. When you have children, you understand this rage from time to time, certainly. But I just, I'm telling you, this is the same as the people who leave one-star reviews. Is it that? Dude, br- fucking breathe, man. You got to get off social media. You're being a cunt. I reserve the right to say that because of all of the Australian TikToks I'm looking at. The Australians are trying to adopt me through TikTok, and I think the way they do it is they get you to start to use that word, which is dicey territory in America. So I'll be cool with it. You can't say it too often because then you're just that guy. I already think I'm I'm already terrified to do that because I say the F word as much as I do on this show. But listen to me. I just said the F word. You sound like a fucking toddler. Just Jesus. Are you all that offended? But I would like to, I don't know. I feel like I sound less crazy and a little more civil if I would bring back the fucks a little bit. I don't know. What are you going to do? I'm a mystery. Okay, here's one. I don't, I don't. I swear I don't remember doing this story from Al Sister, but if I did, I apologize. But here, but it's, I don't, I'm almost positive I haven't done this story. (laughs) This is, okay, if this is your first episode, because on the last episode, I picked up a bunch of new fans I hadn't noticed before, which is cool. So like, if this is your first episode from time to time, I do a gig called Stories from Elsister. I grew up in a little sleepy town called Elsister, South Dakota, in the little Florida wang of South Dakota, which is right in between Sioux Falls and Sioux City, none of which matters. But it was a little, it was farmers, and it was, you know, there's a little pressure washer factory and one school and no stoplight and no fast food and a couple, you know, fuckload of bars and churches. It was a, it was small town as you think small town is, and it was great. I loved it. I had an invisible friend. I walked to the pool. You kissed a girl behind the football field in the pine trees. Amanda drowned. That was the first, you know what I mean? And you're a kid. And like you remember these things with fondness. But as I get a little older, I remember some of the more like insane things. Such as the tale of the Parker nut scratching. So it's basketball season, high school, I believe boys basketball season in Elsister. Let's call this January-ish. I remember it being cold and wintry, which is certainly going to come into this story if you'll give me a couple of minutes. We were playing, I believe the school Parker. I hope that's right. I also don't care if that's wrong because I don't necessarily want to out anybody. This is half embarrassing. Not half embarrassing. This is fucking all the way embarrassing. Okay. So, like, imagine the uh, your local high school gymnasium where there's one school side on one side and one school side on the other. And when the little towns we grew up in, they're all about 30 minutes to an hour away from each other. So kind of, you know, a lot of the gyms are full of the other schools. So there's parents and teams and bands and cheerleaders and friends and all that shit at every kind of game you go to. So you, 
it's the first quarter. And like I'm in the pep band. I'm not. I wasn't a basketball player. I was. I was the. I was in the pep band. I really enjoyed that because I sucked at basketball, and it looks like it doesn't look any fun at all. Still to this day, really. So we're over there, and like in the kids who don't play basketball, all the kids kind of group up and everything. Then there's the rest of the parents, right? And we noticed that the coach and the other team had it and I'm not trying to be crude but he had a set of itchy testicles and from time to time he would have to adjust or pull or yank or stretch or boink or you know and listen man I myself understand what it is like to deal with itchy testicles everybody does I would imagine ladies there's a version of this that you don't find that comfortable either everybody's got itchy things everybody itches Everybody scratches. But when you're a vicious pack of fucking high school monsters and you noticed that the opposing coach every six and a half minutes has to scratch his nuts, you think it's funny and then it happens again and it's funnier and then it happens again and it's funnier and this is where it gets out of control. And I'm telling you, I remember this. There's L sister people who listen to this fucking show. They can feel free. If I am misremembering any of this, I will edit and adjust on the next episode. We will have retraction. Whatever the fuck we call the, what do we call that thing? What a Weston and Tanise sponsor, the black Hills tire retraction, tra- whatever we call it. I, I will eat my own words and admit I'm wrong, but I'm telling you this happened. The parents and grandparents and friends like the adults of our side started noticing the kids laughing uncontrollably every time this guy would adjust his testicles and he didn't it's like listen feel listen man he's exp- you can't turn around and do it cuz then you're weird and like then you, you know what i mean you look like a pervert and so, and like you can ignore it for as long as you can, but if it itches that bad, you eventually have to itch it, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? So every time he would do it, it happened. I mean, it happened the entire, like, I don't know if it was the full game. Like, I, I, I vaguely remember going into the second half, and every time he would do it, adults, we all, all listen to how fucking awful we are. An entire team's side of the stand would cackle and giggle and howl when this poor unfortunate soul had to make an adjustment in his nethers. And like, this is where my memory gets a little sketchy, but I vaguely, I don't, it wasn't at halftime. In my head, it could have been at halftime because Jerry Jewakum, who was our principal at the time, was such a like fiery dude about doing the right thing, which I like... Thank God, at least one of us is trying to do something. But I definitely remember, was there a like a, a school assembly where we all had to be told we can't collectively laugh at anybody's unfortunate genital issues as a group? And like, I'm awfully positive the town, I'm all, guys, I'm telling you, I fucking think this is true. I think the town had to like send a formal apology letter. Some version of that is true and I'm pretty I think I'm on the dartboard. 
That happened in my hometown, I think, for the most part. I'm interested in retractions. But until then, that's the tale of the Parker nut scratching. Be nicer to people. There is no reason to be on social media if all you're going to be is shitty. I'll say this. TikTok is where it's at. It's nice. I don't care if the Chinese own it at this point. The algorithm is so nice. No one's, no one is an asshole to anybody. I mean, they are. It People are assholes to everybody. But it's easier to ignore it, I guess. What else do I bitch at you people about every time we get to the end of this thing? Are you, oh, are you, how's your mental health? Checking in, man. Are you doing the work? Okay. Like, you can't just post about wanting to play the guitar. You got to fucking actually do the lessons. And it sucks in the beginning of it. I hope you're still working on it. If you're not totally cool. Everybody takes a break. You know what I've been doing? I, for about three weeks now, I've just been eating like a total pig. Let's say that. Let's just get all our shit out together here as we go. Just fast food and spicy chicken this and apple pie donut that and like cream in my coffee for no reason whatsoever. Just wanted to try it. Sure. Apparently, I just need a little bit more fat right now. So, like, that's cool. Take some time. Everybody, like, eat like a pig once in a while. It's fun as shit. Also, I didn't have time to cook and be healthy and do all that stuff. It's exhausting. Take a break. Get back on the horse. That's what, that's, I, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm done with the fast food. Let's do it together. I got your back. I got you, boo. All right. Um, you'll notice I haven't done any sponsor reads because I'm pretty sure I got fired from the one and I haven't checked into the on it stuff for a while. So whatever. Once in a while, you just need a fucking episode where I'm not trying to sell you something. I appreciate you guys hanging in while we are rebuilding the back end of this. Um, that means a few less episodes from time to time as we're kind of getting shit organized here, but like good things are coming. I appreciate you hanging in and thank you for continuing to listen. And I will talk to you some bitches later. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credit was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone is Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share. And you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this and he's going to be so annoyed and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.